You are listening to The Gateway Church, located in Ferrisburg, Michigan. You can learn more about us by visiting thegateway.church or like and follow us on Facebook, where you can watch full services, keep up with all that is going on, and get connected. Now for today's message, and we're excited for this as well. And we want to make this somewhat interactive. We're going to have a few uh, discussion questions as we go. But last week, we introduced a new mini-series called The Moral of the Story. And the idea is that in Mark chapter 4, there are four different stories where Jesus is teaching, Jesus is sharing, and there's been a shift at this point. Instead of Jesus just speaking very clearly, very uh, matter-of-fact, now Jesus is speaking in parables. And let's just remind ourselves what a parable is. A parable is a story, right, a simple story used to illustrate a moral or a spiritual lesson. And just like within any good literature, any good book, any good movie, even in good art, there's a point to the, to the story. There's a moral. There's something behind it that motivated the author to, do the, to, to uh, create the work. And even in the best of works, you've got to pay attention and to figure out what the moral of the story is. Otherwise, you miss it. How many of you have ever missed it before, right? My wife, Jessica, at times will be in a situation and she'll just nudge me and say, hey, don't miss this. Do you see what's happening? Maybe you've done that with your kids and saying, hey, kids, pay attention, right? Well, that's what Jesus is saying here. Even in, within the story today in Mark chapter 4, verse 23, it says this, if anyone has ear to hear, let him hear. In other words, Jesus is saying, pay attention. Jesus used that phrase 15 times in the Gospel of Mark in conjunction with what Jesus was teaching. And the point is this, and I'd like to just make this real clear, is that Jesus wants to reveal great truths to the ones of us who are listening and who are willing to do. Jesus wants to reveal to us through these parables. And what Jesus is saying, don't miss it. Don't miss the point. Now, last week in the parable of the soils, we, you can go back and listen to that if you haven't, uh, but there was the seed that was sown into good soil that reaped 30 and 60 and 100 fold. And it was to those who responded to the gospel message. In verse 20 of last week's message, it says this, but those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word. That's important. They hear the word and accept it and bear fruit. Again, 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. And you might be thinking, how does that happen, right? The original hearers of that were farmers. They would have understood the, the, the reaping of a harvest. And in that day and age, fivefold would have been an average uh, harvest. Sevenfold would have been above average. Tenfold would have been extraordinary. And you say, well, how does that happen to go to 30, 60, and 100? Well, 
It depended on the responsiveness of the seed in that good soil. And the same is true for us. It all comes down to our responsiveness. Our responsiveness. What is available to you and to me is absolutely amazing. And our response matters. The way we respond is important. Our growth, our fundamental purpose, our maturity, the richness of our life, our vitality, everything is linked to our response. We believe that God has a plan for you and for me and for each of us. And God's plan is so full of life. It's so life-giving. There's so much fruit that Jesus wants you to bear. The sum of your life, when the people look at it, they, they would say like, man, that, they could not have done that on their own. And that happens because of the way we respond. It's linked to our responsiveness. So the question, how do you live that way? I want, to, want you to know as we dive into the next parable here, we're going to look at verses 20 through 25 today, just five verses. We're going to take it another level. The name of this parable is a lamp under a basket. And in Mark chapter 4, verse 20 through 25, let's get our mind around it. It says, but those who are sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit. 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100. That's the tie to last week. And then Jesus said to them, is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed or, and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone hears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, pay attention. If you're with someone right now, just turn to them and say, pay attention. Good. Pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given, and from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken from him. May God bless the reading of his word. Amen. What we want to be looking for each of these weeks is what is the moral of the story. The moral of the story here, the big takeaway for today is simply this. We must elevate Jesus in the way we live. We must elevate Jesus in our lives. What is the point? What's the moral? Let's get our mind around it. Let's look at it. Mark chapter 4, verse 21 and 22. It said this, and let's just re recap. And he said to them, Is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? The idea here, for nothing is hidden except made manifest, nor is anything secret kept uh, uh, except to come to life. It, the idea here, if we are going to elevate Jesus in our lives, elevating Jesus, first of all, means shining the light. 
We need to shine the light of Jesus. And at first blush, it's simple. You say, yes, you don't hide a lamp underneath a a blanket or you don't put a lamp underneath a bed or underneath a table. If you're in in your bedroom or if you're in your living room, just check out a lamp. No one has a, a sheet over that. Instead, you put that lamp in a prominent place. You put it on a shelf. You put it on a stand. But Jesus here is not talking about a lamp. A lamp in that day, when the original hearers heard this, was a clay pot with oil in it, and it would burn. And uh, when we think about a lamp, what the people there, that first audience, may have heard or may have understood is that a lamp in the Old Testament and New Testament, it equaled God's presence. So what was Jesus saying that, what, that he wasn't saying? It was God's presence, or it could equal God's Word being revealed in Scripture. And those are certainly possibilities. But here in this story, Jesus is talking about the ultimate lamp. What is Jesus saying without saying it? Well, let's turn to John chapter 1, verses 4 through 9, and we'll get a little introduction into what Jesus was talking about, the lamp, the light that needs to shine. It says this, In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. That's John the Baptist, right? We understand that. His name was John. It says he came as a witness to bear uh, to where I just like to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. And then in verse 9, look what it says. In verse 9, it says, The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. That's Jesus. That's the lamp, the ultimate lamp. A little later in John chapter 12, verse 46, Jesus says this, I have come into the world as light. What Jesus is talking about in our parable today is himself. He is the lamp. And we must elevate Jesus in our lives. In order to do that, we need to shine the light. Elevating Jesus equals shining the light. Jesus is saying, look, elevate me in your life. This is the response that will yield 30, 60, 100 fold. Elevate Jesus. Now, before we go on to the next part, I understand that verse 22 can be a little hard to understand. In verse 40, or verse 22, it says this, For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to life. Before we move on to the second part of the, the, this parable, let me try to explain this. I think parents understand this. And, uh, you know, as I was reading and kind of understanding this, because there is a time and a place for things to be revealed. All the parents, you say amen. There is a right time for things to be revealed, just like a present. You don't go out and buy a birthday present, and the day you bring it home, unless it's on their birthday, you don't give it to them. You hide it away until the time is right to give it to your child. And the same is true here. And what, that's what Jesus is saying. Look, now is the time. Let's let our light shine. And let's go back to that thought, our response. 
We need to put Jesus on a stand. We don't have to worry about the timing, right? We don't have to second guess with our family or with our friends or with our neighbors. We need to just share the gospel. We need to let our light shine, right? And then you say, well, maybe they're not ready or I don't want to interrupt them or I don't want to be a nuisance. No, it, because you, know, you might think in your mind the timing is not right. But the truth is, is that God will worry about the timing. All our responsibility as, when we elevate Jesus is to shine the light. The moral of the story, if you want to see fruit in your life, elevate Jesus. 30, 60, 100 fold. Shine the light. And I want to encourage you to shine the light in your home, with your kids, in your marriage. It absolutely will make a difference. The priority you put on Jesus and making him number one in your life, in your family, it will make a difference. And I know some of you are struggling in different areas. Listen, when you make Jesus priority number one, it makes all the difference. Keep Jesus number one. Unbelievable things will happen in your life when you do so. In fact, let's talk about it just for a moment. How can you shine the light of Jesus this week? Let's take one minute to think about how we can shine the light of Jesus this week. There is absolutely opportunity for you this week to shine the light of Jesus. And we want to encourage you to take full advantage of those opportunities. But before we shine the light, there's another component to elevating Jesus that we want to uh, get our mind around. Remember, the whole big point, the moral of the story is to elevate Jesus in our lives. Let's go to the second part of the parable. Mark chapter 4, verse 23. It says this, If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, Pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Again, what is Jesus saying without saying it? The moral of the story is we're elevating Jesus. And the way we're elevating Jesus is not only by shining the light, but also by living the truth. And there's a different level of understanding here. Do not deceive yourself. I love what James chapter 1, verse 22 says, and in recognizing the truth and living it out. It says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. This is important for us to get our mind around. The word last week was the seed. The word is Jesus. And today, Jesus is represented as a light and, and as a truth and is seen as the lamp. Let's continue. It says, for if anyone is a hearer of the word, right, but does not do what it says, it's like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of the liberty and preserves, being no hearer who, who forgets, but is a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. I love that last little phrase. They will be blessed in what they 
do. In other words, if you understand this and start living the truth, not just hearing the truth, but putting it into action, you will be blessed in what you do. When you elevate Jesus, when you live the truth, your response to the truth determines your fruitfulness. Now, a couple thoughts here. It's time for us, I believe, to make God's Word a priority. I want to encourage you to be reading your Bible. Now, we're in quarantine, and some of you are saying, man, you know, I've missed it. And since we've been in quarantine, I really haven't been reading my Bible, haven't been doing my soap reading. I want you to know that when you hear the truth, when you start living the truth, it makes a difference. And so if you've missed it so far, that's okay. You're listening today. You're going to bear fruit from the time that we're spending right now. I want to encourage you in your soap reading each and every day. It will change your life. Those are the things, when you get your mind around God's Word, that will bring a 30, 60, 100-fold return. When you're sitting under good teaching, there's revelation that is changed. When you get into God's Word, it makes a difference. And the great thing about God's Word, when you hide it in your heart, it comes back to you when you need it to share the good news. Let's talk about this for a second. How has the Word of God changed your life? See, the Word of God has changed my life. It's not only brought me to a point where I accepted Jesus as my Savior, but it has helped me in every single area of my life. There's not an area of my life that has not been affected by the Word of God. And I could talk about it all day, but instead, I want you, right where you are, to think about it for the next minute and a half or share with someone in the room, how has the Word of God changed your life? Let's get at it. Listen, church, the Word of God is sharper than any double-edged sword, it says in Scripture. And it's powerful, it's active, and it makes a difference in our lives. There was a study done by Reveal that was measuring spiritual growth in people's lives. And I just wanted to, before we move on from this idea, uh, they said in this study that nothing has greater impact on spiritual growth than reflection of Scripture. If churches could do only one thing to help people at all levels of their spiritual spiritual maturity grow in their relationship with Christ, their choice would be clear. And then look at this. It says, they would inspire, encourage, equip their people to read the Bible. In church, we want to be challenging each other to get God's Word in our hearts. And that's one of the reasons we're adding a connect group this week in Colossians. We're going to be studying the book of Colossians, and it's going to change your life. It's going to add fruit to your life 30, 60, 100 fold. And we're going to encourage each other to be lifting up Jesus, to be elevating Jesus, living the truth. Now, Back to Mark 4, verses 24 through 25. We want to encourage each other to hold nothing back. Listen. Hold nothing back. People who give the most have the most. If you want to be like Jesus, you want to shine with Him or shine for Him, you want to live for Him, I want you to know that God blesses what we give Him. God does not bless what we hold back. Therefore, give God 
everything. We need to live the truth. We need to jump in. And I promise that your life will be affected. Your joy will be affected. Your growth will be affected. Your, everything about what you, why you exist will be affected. And the point that you've got to understand is that this happens because of your response. It doesn't happen automatically. The enemy is sneaky, right? He will steal the word. He, he will want us to cover up the light. He, will, he works against us. He causes us to sin, tempts us to sin. And I want you to know that when we get caught up in our sin nature, it diminishes fruitfulness. But God has called us as his people to be very fruitful. And that's what we're called to do. Now, one other thing before we finish is back in verse 25, there's a warning. We're, all, we're talking about elevating Jesus in our lives through shining the light and then living the truth. But there's a warning that if you disregard what you're hearing today, if you have not or you do not put your trust in Jesus Christ, if you do not respond, if you miss the point, in other words, if you miss the moral of the story, the opportunity to respond will grow smaller and smaller and smaller. And I say that with love on my lips. The encouragement is that there is an urgency to respond. There's an urgency in all of our lives to elevate Jesus and to live fruitful lives. Now, during this stay-at-home order in the last four or five weeks, we have lost four individuals that were connected to the church, to people in the church, that have passed away. And the crazy thing is, right now, we can't do a funeral, right? We can't come alongside a family and, and have a, a gathering. Those will happen after the, this case uh, after the band has been lifted. But I want to, my mind really came to this idea as I was preparing, is that in a funeral, I almost always say that whoever the deceased was, that if they could come back and talk to us, which we don't believe that can happen, we don't believe in crossing over, but at a funeral, we would say, if the person could come back, they would say, don't miss Jesus. Don't miss the gospel message. Don't miss the opportunity to elevate Jesus, to live the truth, and then to shine the truth. And I know this morning, as you're tuned in, or maybe you're listening later in the day, the first encouragement is to live out the truth. And the way you live out the truth is by starting with a relationship with Jesus Christ. And we want to offer you the free gift of salvation. The Bible says that we've all fallen, we've all uh, made mistakes. No one is righteous. No one can get to heaven on their own. We need Jesus and his blood to cover our sin. And today, if you're in a spot where you're saying, man, I need to do that, I'm going to lead you in a quick prayer you can repeat it after me, and uh, just right where you are, you can say it out loud or even underneath your breath. If you mean this prayer in your heart, we believe that Jesus has saved you. Let's pray this together. Dear Heavenly Father, I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong. 
I'm sorry for the sin in my life. Today, I I put my faith in you. I believe in you, Jesus, that you died on the cross and you rose from the grave. And today, I'm putting my faith, my trust in you. Would you save me? Would you set me on a rock? Lord, would you provide for me in this season? I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer with us, I want to encourage you. Number one is to make yourself known. Slide over to the gateway.church, our website, and we would love for you in the contact page to let us know that you rededicated your life to Jesus or that you came to Jesus for the first time. And we will follow up with you this week. But then there's a second piece to the message. Not only are we living the truth, but we need to be shining the light. And this week, there's absolutely ways to do that. And I want you to encourage you to be, to be creative. This is Mission Sunday. If you're sitting with me here in the sanctuary right now, I would be encouraging you that when you walk out of these doors, that you are entering the mission field. But right now, you are sitting in the mission field, whether that's in your family or in your, with your neighbors or this week wherever you go, at the grocery store or to the bank or if you go uh, to work this week, you are called to be a light. And with that last thought, I'm curious, out of today's message, what is the big takeaway? What's the one thing that you need to do to put into action? Would you think about it? And as you think about that, as we close, I'm going to pray a prayer of benediction. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would just be with us. And Lord, this week, that you would cause us to be a light that we would live out the truth, but then we'd be a light for you. I pray that you'd go before us, behind us, and all around us this week. I pray these things in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, even on the internet, amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. What's your biggest takeaway this week? Why don't you make a comment before you get off? God bless you. See you next time. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegateway.church.